0: Hello Passport People listeners, Finn here, and I just wanted to take a moment to tell you that Island Life Productions is now on Patreon. Patreon is an online subscription service that allows you to support our work for as little as £2 per month in exchange for different bits of bonus content. So far, we have been uploading special Passport People travel vlogs, Tales of Andalusia, and the Highland Fling, taking you on personalised video adventures to some of the most beautiful parts of the world. We've also been uploading special behind-the-scenes content from our recent fiction podcast, Welcome to the Quids Inn, with special videos showcasing how we made the series, and a bonus bloopers podcast with all the funny bits from the recordings that weren't in our initial script. To join the island and begin supporting our work for less than the price of a coffee per month, go to patreon.com islandlifeproductions today. And now, on with the show. You know, it's really crazy, but this is my first in-person recording in a while and I've completely forgotten (laughs) how to do everything! (laughs) So we're going to muddle our way through this and it's going to be great. Sound like a plan?
1: Yeah, definitely! Perfect! Let's do it! (laughs) Let's do it!
0: Good tidings we bring to you and your kin Welcome to the Christmas special of Passport People The podcast where we talk to people about the places that matter to them I am your host Finn, back for the season 5 premiere of Passport People God, how have we done 5 of these? And joining me today for this super special episode It's the wonderful Ida, how are you Ida?
1: Ho ho ho, Bebo, I'm good <laughs>
0: We're getting into the Christmas spirit Yes! <laughs> Which is good, because it's so cold and miserable outside that we need something to get us feeling Christmassy, so thank you. Thank you for embracing the brief, Ida. You're
1: welcome. Sorry, <laughs> I can't really jingle. I don't have any bells with me. Ching, ching, hey. ching,
0: ching. We'll find a way to edit them in later. Ida, <laughs> tell us about you.
1: So hi, uh, I am Ida. I am a creative producer. I have been based in Edinburgh for the last three years, but I have gone around the country, if you... Uh, we can say that, (laughs) I lived in London and then I worked in Peterborough for quite a while and then I also lived in Canada for a bit, so here's me, a traveller artist Joking, traveling artist, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, artist that travels. <laughs> anyway, this Portable is. Portable
0: artist, yeah. mobile artist. So,
1: what I do is I work, tend to work with communities and young people uh, doing creative learning, but I also produce festivals. And uh, yeah, and I have uh, some. Um, um, Italian uh, language-based uh, theatre workshops that I'm also running on a project called Contrast Infusion uh, which is something i it's really dear to my heart uh, I love it very much um, and I'm always on the lookout for opportunities to um, celebrate diversity and um, bring people to the arts and do lots of lovely things with, um, with, with the arts really. So not much then? Oh, <laughs> Ryan, uh, I am so bored.
0: <laughs> All the say, time. Like, seriously? Every conversation <laughs> we have is just like, Finn, I wish there was more that I could do. And, uh, the
1: truth <laughs> is, uh, I say to Finn, Finn, I wish I had more time to do everything. Can you just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I need 72 hours, days, or like <laughs> 10 days, weeks. Can we do that? I <laughs> genuinely said
0: that to somebody recently. I genuinely said, if somebody gave me the option of making time twice as slow, so that every day was actually 48 hours, I would take that without even thinking. Like, 100%, just do that. Because there's just not enough time, particularly in the arts, for all the important stuff that needs doing
1: okay I have a plan I'm definitely on the nice list so I, I'm gonna ask Santa to do this for me great idea <laughs> That's the way I'm perfect sure. loads of creatives will be happy about this <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's for sure Ida where are you from
1: well wow, this is the question okay <laughs> so uh where, where are you from oh I'm from Italy uh, really and why do you have a Scandinavian name well because oh and why do you have a Jewish name well that's because So, you know, very complicated and that reflects the heritage of my incredible um, country that I call Italy, that's where I was born. Uh, But if people ask me, where are you from? I have to say I'm from southern Italy and people that are from Italy will understand why I said that. <laughs> I can't really say just I'm from this very tiny region that's called Molise and people from Italy will say, oh, Molise doesn't exist, it's like Neverland. <laughs> uh, this is so tiny and really nothing happens. It's like there's a portal to a, a different dimension and it's so very natural and, you know, hippie and fairy, but not really, but.
0: <laughs> so California, but just in Italy. Uh,
1: kind of not but But my family is not from the region not all of it is from the region some of them are from Puya and uh, or studied in like the south so lived in the south moved to the south you know um so for me it's quite important to say I'm from Southern Italy um, and also people that are from Italy would really understand why it's different. You feel like that there's different um, culture um, that uh, reflects the South and this is not to say uh, the South is better than the North because it's not true, it's just so very different historically for many reasons. So. So yeah, I'm from I'm from southern Italy. <laughs>
0: and I guess that gives us a really nice transition into where we're talking about today.
1: So, well, where are we talking about? So once upon a time, this part of Italy was part of the kingdom of two Sicilies. As if one was not enough, then there were two, (laughs) but now Sicily is an amazing place. Uh, And then um, Mr. Garibaldi and some other people uh, decided to unify the country and that became the Kingdom of Italy. And that was 1861 Uh, and it was a kingdom with a proper king, so very much like the UK. Uh, and then in uh, nineteen forty, I think that's nineteen forty six. Uh, that's when Italy became a, a republic. Um, so at that point, southern Italy was really like part of Italy. However, you know, um, there were so many kingdoms and um, countries and uh, bits and bobs and uh, cultural, cultural parts, cultural, you know, identities that all merged together at that point in time that really it was really hard for Italians to feel part of the same country um, because simply it wasn't it wasn't easy there were so many differences between the north and the south and then uh, immigration didn't help because those of people you know were going abroad and saying well I'm Italian and then yeah, some of them were from the north, some of them were from the south, and it wasn't easy for them to just merge together. And there's such a huge diversity uh, in Southern Italy that is, is kind of like a, a part of the country on its own. Uh, now, normally people, uh, when they think of Southern Italy, they will think of Naples, Napoli. For pizza, mandolin, puccinella and you know, stereotypes are not always a bad <laughs> thing. <laughs> if that's um is the if that is the way in for people um to you know learn about culture and experience um the country, then that's that's fine. I don't mind. Uh, so long as I am not you know uh, confronted and say, well, actually, I uh, you know blah 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 blah, and so loads of things are like, oh, okay, be too much, don't stereotype. <laughs> um, however, uh, yeah, Naples, you know, obviously one of the towns, and then the Amalfi Coast uh, that everyone knows about. Uh, but obviously, there's uh, Molise as I mentioned before, it's not Neverland, it it really exists, <laughs> and then you have Puglia. Amazing bread and amazing landscapes. Um, and then there's Calabria. Everybody knows about Calabria, right? Godfather and whatnot. And then <laughs> and then Sicily and 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 then Basilicata is right in the middle. It's Neverland number two. Nobody knows about it apart from people that are film nerds and know about the Passion of Christ and that ah. film was shot there.
0: Which is. Ah.
1: Uh, absolutely fantastic landscape Uh, so that's yeah that's basically that's what we're talking about today (laughs) the geographic area (laughs) and um, very diverse uh, very yeah uh, very different weather from (laughs) what we're seeing outside today Uh, you know sunny and warm and even if it's winter you know and it will be colder it's still drier than this I bet
0: (laughs) all this and more coming up in that introduction gone through so many of the interesting parts of what Southern Italy is and what we're going to be bringing to this conversation today. I guess the first thing we should get stuck into is what you were talking about with that difference between southern Italy and northern Italy because I feel like a lot of the time when we have conversations about mm-hmm. Italy and Italian unification and the kind of the friction between both sides mm-hmm. it's always talked about in the context of the north it's always the Lega Nord it's always the the northern italy independence movement <laughs> and i'm just curious as a as a southern italian what is what are those differences like and why is it so why are the two parts of the country just so radically different?
1: Such a um, long topical conversation. I'm going to try and cut this short. <laughs> but basically, um, so what happened in 1861 is that um, th- to simplify the answer is that people from the north went to the south and brought what was the um, organization and uh, legislation and other. Uh, things that belong to the Republic back, uh, back up north. So um, there was literally a legal system, bureaucracy, and other um, legal um, practices that came from the north. Literally people from the north moved to the south to represent the power. So there's loads of people in Southern Italy, in fact, that uh, have surnames that mean German because back oh, in the days no the uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that that's... It's very complicated, so I'm not going to go into details, but um, uh, so there will be people with surnames like Todesco, Tedesco, and that means German. And uh, literally, uh, there's representatives of people from the north moving to the south and bringing the law, which is not the easiest way to actually unify a country, because you're basically telling... Uh, A part of a country that has an incredible, an incredible cultural heritage. Uh, Some of the most beautiful um, royal buildings are in Naples, in uh, Calabria, in the South, that people in the North don't even know about. Uh, There's such a wealth and beauty artistically. And so imagine a population that has its own identity, literally been told one day okay this is this is how we unify the country we bring you our uh, rules and regulations you just follow course um obviously this caused a lot of problems but generally speaking um what happened is that um it was it was like a very hard fit lots of people tried to resist and lots of people have to add to move uh, as a result of you know resisting to the change, um, which obviously caused a lot of other you know uh, issues like the the I mean, start of criminal movements and um, the I mean southern people feeling you know sort of victimized and stuff like that and also it felt like a proper colonization it's it's quite it's quite hard if you ask older people they'll tell you that i felt like being colonized by people from the north um and not by you know not by a stretch of imagination feeling like oh these people are wrong or these people are are you know awful or anything but it's literally like we, we've been living and uh, abiding by uh, rules and stuff um, that has been there for a long time and then you just arrive with your own you know um, um, imprint and just want us to do things is it, it was just very difficult and I think it's it's incredible that that kind of feeling um, oppressed, Um, that feeling of oppression it's incredible because that feeling of oppression stays within people's DNA I think it feels like that and it feels that sometimes it's like the North because of its geographic position is more connected with Europe and uh, there's more business going on and um, for many political reasons there's there has been more more stuff going on basically in the north rather than in the south um, and it feels like people do feel poorer, do feel different and do feel oppressed sometimes and again I, I think I think it's a shame because there's such a, you know a richness there's so much culture and so much beauty, so much art in the south um, landscapes are incredible however you know, when I say to people I'm from Southern Italy, they'll be like, oh, but you're not from Milan. Um, <laughs> the fashion. Oh, but you, you do sound like a northern. For the
0: line. sake of the tape, Ida's pulling a lot of poses what? right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Milan is an amazing town, but there's a saying in Italy that says you have to see Napoli and then you can die. <laughs> so yeah, there must be a reason. In that
0: order. <laughs> but it's interesting that you say that because in a way we're having this conversation in Edinburgh, it's, it doesn't sound ridiculously dissimilar from the relationship between Scotland and England.
1: Well it does, it does sound like, <laughs> yeah, the relationship between Scotland and England definitely. Um, there is so much, so much heritage, you know, that... Um, that is involved that I feel like is is a completely different story. But I like to think, yeah, that (laughs) Scotland and Italy have some sort of like connection. And in fact, it's true, like um, artistically, politically, historically, there's such a huge connection uh, in both ways because um, artists and architects were moving to Italy to study. So that was the place to study and mostly going to Rome actually to learn about architecture and um fine arts painting sculpture you know there was so much going on in Rome and obviously that was a trademark for um success so you know there was there was a um, a kind of a popularity um with the with you know Rome uh, as a place to go study um and then again in in a bit of a different way unfortunately um and i'm thinking about the big diaspora in yeah and from the 20s to what was scotland i think we're going on until probably until at least the 50s or the 60s, uh, where Italians moved to Scotland to actually, you know, open their own businesses, work for people that had their own businesses, but simply run away from poverty. So it's a different story. There's no, like, coming to Scotland, because Scotland is uh, a fancy place to study. Now it is. (laughs) Uh, Back in the days, for these people, it was literally a place to... Reinvent themselves and reinvent their lives. So one of my projects, uh, my heritage projects, they use uses theater um, to, you know, to talk about this, to, to talk about heritage, uh, in fact, explores uh, the Italian diaspora to Scotland. Um, it's been quite nice, you know, connecting with all these people that. Um, represents Italy to some extent but they're like second and third generation Italians in Scotland and if it feels like they're more Italian than me sometimes <laughs> it's, it's something I notice uh, within um, second and third generation Italians anywhere in the world is that they have a longing for this uh, image of Italy that they, um, you know, that nostalgia that they um, that they feel because their relatives felt so much love and so much pressure uh, because they had to leave their can- their country in like in a situation that they wouldn't have you know wanted to. To, to to leave um <laughs> it's basically
0: well and that brings me on to quite a an interesting question that kind of feeds off that Emigration has has been such a big part of the italian identity for i've got this written down as the last 200 years but you could argue it, it goes back even further in terms of how long italians have been leaving their country in order to, to move on and i i guess i'm just curious from your perspective looking at the fact that a lot of the time that's because of the state of the Italian economy and the employment opportunities that are available. As as an Italian who is currently in Scotland in five degrees centigrade uh, <laughs> November winter, do you, do you wish this was different? Do you wish that there were more opportunities that meant that people stayed in Italy more? Or are you quite proud of that being part of who you are?
1: I feel like it shouldn't be like this. I feel like there should be opportunities for people to stay in their own countries. There should be more investment for young people. I'm not young, however, but you know, for young people to- um,
0: You're only as young as you feel, Eda.
1: For young people to, you know, um, create their own businesses, invest in their own learning and knowledge, and even long, uh, you know, long-term. However, this has not been possible in Italy, and we're talking about a couple of decades after the unification of the country. Um, And that's simply because within the the kingdoms that we were talking about, there were opportunities for people to literally work the land of the king, um, and literally live and thrive, and potentially just pay like a little bit of like, um, some some sort of, you know, tax in return however these taxes um, just became very hard to cover and so from yeah from 1880s to um, definitely right um, until the fascism ensued um, people were just leaving because they literally had no money to survive so the money that they had they invested in you know tickets to to, to emigrate so it's super sad because then I'm thinking about all these refugees that you know also do the same and to some extent I feel like history is repeating and it's heartbreaking and we should really do something about it however for as crazy as fascism might sound, um, it invested into, um, into, into you know, creating a real identity um, of what Italy would be. Um, so up until the, the, the beginning of the fascism, uh, where you know, Mussolini uh, ordered for the bonifications a lot of um, parts um, of Italy that were literally mud. Wastelands uh, were initially um, um, changed completely people were building and investing on the development of these like very deprived areas so it felt like Italy was you know just uh, changing and becoming a lot better but then uh, there was a second wave of migration and this this has never changed it it, it keep it keeps you know uh, repeating and repeating uh, so say um I finished my studies and I was quite a good student I mean I had a couple of distinctions in uh, my uh, university uh, courses so I was thinking of you know doing a PhD then and then becoming potentially a lecturer and that that was just not possible um, and then becoming an artist in Italy was you know the only like uh, direct choice that I could take and I really enjoyed, you know, being a theatre maker in Italy when I was there. I'm doing creative learning when I was there, but um, but then again, it's, it's really hard to survive, there's not much. Uh, there's not a lot going on in terms of like funding and uh, opportunities and uh, what you have is very grassroots and it's incredible, what people are doing, it's, it's absolutely incredible. But um, living an entire life and like having an identity as a full-time um, artist is really hard. So for me, it was just, you know, it was an opportunity to just come to, to England uh, to begin with, and then to Scotland, and then to Canada, and then to Scotland again. Um, and I'm quite grateful, I'm quite grateful. However, I do think that there should be more opportunities for people and I really hope that in the future, somewhere, somehow, the situation will change and more opportunity will, will come about.
0: What would you say are the main sort of similarities and differences between those two sectors? I mean, aside from the kind of the practically how easy it is to be a part of it, I mean, you work in, in both sectors, mm-hmm. you know, for, the, for those people who are listening who maybe know the Scottish sector really well, but know nothing about the Italian one, mm-hmm. Give us a picture as to quite what state it's in today.
1: Oh, okay, so... It's funny because when there were a lot of restrictions in Scotland and it was impossible to access theatres. Italy had actually uh, the opportunity to perform outdoors because obviously al fresco you could do theater as well not just you know having dinner Um, so um, I feel like for a period of time there was a lot going on in Italy and not that much in the UK Um, so generally speaking um, I feel like the government I know actually I don't feel like it I'm talking about um, a few years ago now and the situation hasn't Changed with the pandemic for sure, Uh, but about twenty percent of the of like government funding was given to the arts in general, and uh, most of it was given to opera. So hey ho, all musicians, absolutely. You know musicians. You know how you know popular it is to study at, uh, at a conservatorio in Italy to become a musician, and it's kind of. Um, A privilege and opportunity and it's absolutely opening a lot of doors for you internationally however all of the other creatives doing uh, most of the other things have to rely on self-funding and have to rely on investing on themselves until obviously they create enough leverage to to fly um so um Loads of theatres. there are quite a few theatres that are like stabili, which means, you know, main, they have their own productions, they have like, uh, they are RFOs, so they get funding from the government to some extent, definitely from the region or from the council, um, and have a very um, specific program that reflects uh, the demographics of the area they live in uh, and also uh, have most, most theatres actually which is less uh, popular over here have a creative learning program so there's quite a lot of um, investment in uh, theatre for young audiences which is something that is you know kind of interesting um, and at the same time, there's quite a lot of respect for people that start as educators and continue uh, exploring that art form into, you know, uh, becoming performers or directors of different kind of theatres, different kind of theatre forms, I mean. Um, however here is more uh, pigeonholed, I would say. Um, so this is one thing that I struggled with the most, I think, is how pigeonholed uh, the artwork in the UK was. And I feel it's different in Canada, to be honest, Um, because there's more understanding about how, obviously, a creative starts with a path and then ma- might need to change <laughs> or discover something that is more suitable for them and is more in alignment with what... um. The full skill set is and what they can really bring. So if a person starts as an actor and then become an educator or become like a creative learning facilitator, you know, it, it's it's totally fine. Um, however, it seems to me sometimes that in the UK people are either or. Oh, Uh, But because I'm both. (laughs) And saying that I'm a director and a producer and a facilitator.
0: Oh, that just doesn't compute a lot of the time, does it? (laughs)
1: No. And and I know, I understand that communication-wise, there needs to be a shift of gear. And it's inevitable. But then at the same time, that's exactly you know, what empowers me to, when I, when I get into fundraising, what empowers me to write compelling cases for applications because I am the person that facilitates, so I know exactly what's going on. Um, and I'm able to do an evaluation because I am there with the people, not just because I studied how to measure, you know, qualitatively and quantitatively what goes on, so, yeah, so this is something that happens. Uh, in terms of, um, uh, I think it's fascinating how um, I think going to the theatre in Italy is a lot like like the cultural thing to do you know or going to the cinema etc this does not um you know it's not like let's go to the pub all the time obviously <laughs> you do go um but you you would rather you know go for an event of some sort um because um i think something that's really important for italians is to you know to be together to be part of a community of some of some kind So, uh, going to the theater means also going to uh, network with other creatives and going to, uh, you know, be part of a group of friends that goes to the theater. So, you know, get like massive parties of people going to the theater, 10, 12 chairs, like all together, 12 seats. Um, And it's something that I don't see that much in the UK, unless, say, there's a group from a school or, I don't know, a community of some kind um so that togetherness that brings people together and that needs to talk about a show after after having seen the show um yeah i don't see that happening that much in the uk which is a bit of a shame um now i don't know if i want to go into you know the specifics of how i feel like there should be more funding uh, invested <laughs> into the arts in italy because i understand that politically the country is, is you know struggling quite a lot <laughs> especially right now uh, but i do feel that you know there is there is a passion um and a willingness to do things no matter what um that is that, it, that it's beautiful and i feel that energy that raw energy of like I want to perform, maybe it's very difficult, maybe I also have to be a shopkeeper, maybe I also have to juggle tons of things but I really want to do that and that, that, that courage, that, that determination is something that I really like and I really miss sometimes. <laughs> Remember the first time you watched The Matrix? You've not seen it? Well, basically, this guy gets offered a blue pill and a red pill by an anonymous stranger. The blue pill allows the guy to wake up in his bed with ignorance being blissful while the red pill shows the guy what the truth looks like. Can you honestly say that you want the truth that would destroy your world as you know it? But what if we were never given a choice at all? What if one day the contents of the red pill was dispensed en masse into the water supply and everyone woke up one day only to be blinded by the sunlight blazing through every window on earth?
0: Go to islandlifeproductions.bandcamp.com to begin experiencing The Blindfold, a choose-your-own audio adventure by Island Life Productions. Right, we need to address the godfather-shaped elephant in the room. <laughs> um, because there is a stereotype, particularly in the south of Italy, that exists that the mafia basically running everything, and you get these stories out of Naples and out of Sicily and out of other parts of the region. How accurate is that versus how much is it the type of thing that is kind of exaggerated for films? <laughs> oh,
1: well. Let's put it this way. We have talked about different forms of government, okay, um, being in place when the when Italy became a kingdom. Um, so imagine, you know, people being ruled by whatever, you know, I don't know, Earl or Duke or whatever, and then somebody else comes and they are part of the, the Republic, uh, sorry, part of the, part of the new kingdom and they're bringing their own rules and regulations, bureaucracy that you need to to follow. And then there's the church uh, that we haven't talked about for many reasons, uh, <laughs> but also has quite a uh, an interesting power over people's decision and people's way of being. So obviously there's like the state, the church, and as a third power. Now that third power is like private organization, and sometimes, sadly, uh, in some occasions, that private organization was more effective uh, to, to to solve problems, you know, than actually resorting to the long bureaucracy coming from the north, and you know, um, so at some point, I think. Well, it's really sad, but it's true. Is that people were just going for the easiest solution and sometimes just, you know, asking for support um, from people that had power. How do they have power? Long story I and mean, very, you know, very different in every part of the country. However, some of that power was not always used in the best way and with the best of intentions. So. Yeah, that you know, basically, very easily turned into criminality, and obviously, criminality um, sprouts. Criminality migrates with people when people migrate, and criminality <laughs> migrates with them in their pockets or in their bags. I don't know. Um, so mafia is basically everywhere right now, <laughs> and I think mafia is an Italian world. Uh, sorry. I think mafia is an Italian word, um, to define criminality. However, there's Russian mafia. There's like a Chinese. Mafia, it's definitely whatever. not an exclusive to it's Italy a word, thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, it, it's a word for criminality, and it's interesting because everything becomes something else, uh, when there's oppression. And so the key for everything, I feel, sometimes is about not oppressing people but celebrating diversity and just finding a way to respect each other so if we could revert back time and if we could go back to the time when everything started perhaps we would be able to you know mend this but (laughs) it's really hard
0: but see it's interesting because actually and i didn't realize this until you began giving that answer it sounds almost a little bit like what that mafia culture was born out of was actually out of a need for efficiency was actually out of a need for there were people in places in parts of the country and again please correct me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. who needed things and the government wasn't satisfying those needs or allowing those things to get done and private sort of legal by the books companies weren't doing it either and so here is this third entity that you can turn to who is almost doing that things and yes it's you know as you say it's with questionable implications but I never realized it until you began speaking about it that actually there's a there's an element of this story and the part where it's got such an influence in this part of the country that's not just born from, you know, we're a bunch of thugs or we are going out there because we want to specifically do something legal. But specifically, you know, here is a need. This is how we can satisfy that need.
1: Yeah. If you, if you look like very like thoroughly into the matter, you'll find that at the beginning of the, the bad story, the story that became really dark that was just a need of somebody that nobody was addressing. Now, quite interestingly, there's so many more um, criminal organizations that probably started because of that. And you can understand how sometimes power escalates. And, you know, sometimes you have the power to be good, but you also have the power to be bad. And, you know, it's it, that that's literally what, what happened. But that one day, you know... Um, a scottish person asked me so um what's the story about mafia and then her american friend was like well do you know what this story about mafia that kills people and it killed an american person uh, in italy at that point really upsets me i think it's ridiculous and it's so easy to just fall into stereotypes and not understand what was going on so this person was talking about some student that was killed and there was this is
0: Amanda Knox isn't it?
1: Amanda Knox of course (laughs) like it's such it's such a complicated story you know and how mafia was involved or not involved and how criminality and drugs and you know all of that was please
0: address all legal complaints elsewhere
1: (laughs) no that's fine Uh, but the story is so it's so easy it was so easy for these two people to tell me oh mafia is this what do you think and you can you articulate and my answer back in the days and this was 11 years ago is like i really don't like saying to people that i'm italian because of the struggle that gets you know that the hides behind my cultural identity to be who i want to be and i'm not a criminal i'm just a creative who really wants to thrive doing what they do and you know learn because you know obviously there there is like a process of learning that never never ends i'm not coming to a country with the baggage of information that i want to you know impose on you i i just want to learn from you as you learn from me um and that's a mutual understanding so do please don't please don't talk about mafia and Amanda Knox implying that I have any responsibility for this um, so what I really encourage anyone that's still listening at this point. It's to just understand that it's really dangerous to stereotype people, but it's really important to look, really look into that stereotype and what it means for people and what it means for that country. And perhaps there's something very similar going on in your own culture, in your own identity, in your own country.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody can look... There is no Brit listening to this who can look at the mafia story and turn their nose up and not talk about stories like the Cray Twins or you know, other stories of what was going on in the East End of London or going on in parts of Manchester, I mean they 're everywhere don't don 't just don 't just a- attribute it to the Italians listeners <laughs> right now we need to get some of the brass tacks because this is a very, very special episode we 're recording it 's the premiere of season five, and as part of being the premiere of season five, this is our season of inspiration. So you are the first of our guests this season. Every single guest we are talking to on this season are people who, in one way or another, are out there, in the world, being awesome, inspiring people Woo! in one way or another. <laughs> so congratulations on being the first.
1: Oh my goodness, thank um, you. <laughs> and the question
0: I guess I want to ask you as part of this celebration of the season of inspiration is, what, in, what or who inspires you?
1: Ooh, I am inspired by my ancestors and how strong they were, and, and by ancestors, I just genuinely, in this specific context, mean my parents, grandparents, great grandparents, and how strong and resilient they were. All the things they went through um, the moving around here and there in the country, within the country, without the country, outside the country, um, the fighting, and all the things they had to go through and um, endure because of who they were and who they wanted to be so every time i feel like oh there's not enough work oh there's not enough funding i genuinely think about my great-grandfather that packed everything in one paper bag and just sailed to, to to new york so i do you know visualize ellis island i've actually been there and him arriving there and just dropping the bag on the floor and just looking around very big building big you know possibilities and just you know this is a, a massive source of inspiration um, and other also other you know grandparents that to you know um, endure the war obviously and you know creates a family and create a business where nothing was literally imagine how they could they could do it and just do it which i think is incredible i'm inspired by um people that really fight for what they believe in i'm inspired by nature on a on a like general basis but also on a specific basis like i feel when i feel drained i just need to be in nature and obviously i'm in scotland so that's (laughs) very (laughs) easy Um, I'm inspired by young people and how, for them, everything is possible. And sometimes I forget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all forget as adults, for sure. Um, okay, more business, because this is the Christmas special that we're recording. This is the last episode, uh, or first episode, I don't know how you think about it. But this is the episode that we're releasing right before Christmas. And therefore, we have to ask the important question about wonderful December 25th now we've already mentioned in this conversation the church and the influence that it has I assume it's you know not exactly going to be snowy down in, uh, oh, in it lovely... is be
1: Molise no right? way oh, yeah it will be down there <laughs> oh yes there's mountains how yes. is it that
0: you guys are going to get snow down there and we're not going to get snow here that's weather classic. bloody hell <laughs>
1: Classic question. Oh, are you going home for Christmas? Well, now we have the pandemic, so it's not that easy. But uh, general answer is yeah, probably. Oh, oh my God! The amazing is gonna be so hot. i um, so it's going to be minus five. What? <laughs> probably. Yes. No. Of course, we're on the mountain. Minus right? five. It could be minus five. It could oh be my goodness! <laughs> it could be. It could be negative a lot um,
0: is it just because it's really high up is that it
1: so there's a chain of mountains that goes through the north of it it is the alps everyone knows about it uh-huh right? yeah and everyone knows about it sorry uh, but
0: you're down the alps uh, don't go down, down there do they
1: chain of that's literally going there's across. a
0: mini alps oh, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: you know you have a boot so you have a bow on the top and a boat all across <laughs> Um, the place where Molise has never landed. You Italians Neverland. in that bloody boots. <laughs> <laughs> Always like different
0: imagery of the boots.
1: We like boots. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically, Molise's. And in a corner that has winds coming from Russia, winds coming from nord- the north of Europe, and it just it's just a crazy corner. It's like Bermuda Triangle, but it's not it's the snow triangle. and it's really snowy and it's really cold. So my mom's already been telling me it's been snowing, so looking forward. Oh, wow. and it's not Christmas yet, we're recording, but it's not. <laughs> Christmas yeah um, and so it's always snowy I always have a picture of the snow in January March and people are like but it's not snowing it's called eh. well people I'm sorry global warming <laughs> but it's snowing in Malaysia magically <laughs>
0: okay so Melisa has a white Christmas what else is going on there
1: uh well in Malaysia, not so much unfortunately No, Neverland Peter Pan Wendy but <laughs> uh, for... Like in but surely Italy. people are
0: celebrating in some way or another
1: definitely no i was i was getting there give me that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was very popular inside the is yeah obviously um uh it's a catholic country uh by you know historically uh obviously there's different religions uh at the moment and you know everyone believes in something uh whatever it is uh but nativities are quite popular and in molise actually but also in all the south so everyone you ask to, they'll, they'll be able to, to tell you this place or this other place. There's uh, literally uh, town-wide nativities where people uh, in very small towns, uh, everyone participates to this massive uh, celebration of Christmas. So people will dress up in, I don't know, um, like peasants uh, attire and offer cookies on the door and then there will be a manger somewhere maybe under the church where there's a lady all wrapped up and perhaps if you look properly she has some thermal under the the car and, and what's she's,
0: she doing there she's
1: mary obviously holding a baby
0: what you mean in your you mean, <laughs> I mean in your own nativity scene you have an actual woman's. Yes. oh my yes. goodness <laughs>
1: So that's what people call a This is what we should
0: do with the unemployed actors in this country, is just send them to the churches.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I've been involved in uh, passion and mystery plays that were not just necessarily Christian, uh, where, you know, performance of all religions and creeds and beliefs can perform. So I think there is... There's a tradition here uh, in the UK as well, but back back home is is enormous. It's very big. So nativity is quite it's quite something, and it's something that I miss. I miss going to. Um, again, if you're lucky, uh, I don't know now uh, COVID times, but if you're lucky, you can actually uh, get a little piece of um, a croissant, some some like cookies or some like salted uh, fried f- fried things you know um so if you're lucky you can also be fed at the nativities (laughs) and maybe drink at the nativities but uh, don't tell anybody that can can also happen so there's a lot of that and there's loads like huge christmas trees um lights everywhere um people that are into um some specific um areas, uh, it's, it's very, there's so many of them, so I'm not going to mention any, but um, would uh, basically have some s- very strange tradition that are actually pagan cults that were um, um, absorbed by the Christian, um, by Christianity. Uh, so you have massive candlelit uh, walks or like huge candle statues or like um, enormous uh, puppets burnt, uh, with the fire is, is very beautiful so um it's, it's very it's actually quite um fascinating cuz everyone gathers in the square just to see this wow big you know uh fires you know, can like candle processions and things like that that people would normally you know just think, okay, it's just it's just a carnival on the street. I just don't really care. But there's a <laughs> sense of community, and people all gather to to see it happen. And there's a there's a mini festival happening at the same time. So there will be stalls and and people, you know, uh, selling things. So it's it's actually quite quite pretty, quite pretty to see. Um, I'm thinking Naples have uh, you know um, all of these little statues that you can add to your uh, nativity. Um, and so there's loads of uh, shops that sell statues with celebrities being transformed no into. No way! Yes, <laughs> so you definitely have Maradona this year, obviously, and Pele, and you know, all like football. Um,
0: Maradona in a nativity scene. Yeah,
1: goodness there's this guy. There's this. Quite a lot of strange, you know, celebrities turned into, uh, you know, nativity statues. I'm
0: keeping my eye on Twitter for the man dolls that end up in the nativities. <laughs> well,
1: I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at all. That was really funny. Um, and yeah, I mean, people would say, what what, you know, what normally happens at Christmas time is that people um, meet uh, for dinner on the 24th. Um, so they just all gather together around the table and have amazing food. It's different for every region and every town, but uh, amazing food. Uh, one, two, three, four courses, <laughs> <Two pasta. laughs> sweets, nuts. Yes,
0: because Fennel. you're the country that invented the pasta course, of course.
1: <laughs> um, and then you play uh, board games or cards um, and just wait for midnight now. If there's children, midnight means that secretly Santa has left presents somewhere under the tree. Um, but also means that at midnight, uh, if you are in a Christian household, children will bring baby Jesus in the manger. No way! And doesn't have baby Jesus until the twenty fifth, so the manger is empty. There's only uh, Joseph and Mary, no, and and the donkey and uh, was that? The cow. Um, and Maradona. If <laughs> <And Maradona, yeah. laughs> you're lucky, some angels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but baby Jesus must be brought into the manger by the youngest child or the youngest person in the house, you know, sometimes it's, a, it's an 18 years old, but it's okay, so that happens. Um. And then at midnight, there's a cheer with Prosecco because
0: so it's a little bit like New Year's, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. And at New Year, you, you, you sort of do the same thing. <laughs> 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 uh, alas, uh, you also, you know, club. Normally, people go clubbing or gather together. On to Christmas? Club. No, oh, no, no, New no, 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 New Year's. New Year's. I was
0: like, Christmas uh, clubbing, goodness no, me.
1: <laughs> <can be> no, no, <laughs> no. Christmas a bit is for the family. So um, there's another saying that says Christmas must be spent with the family, and Easter you can spend it home with whomever you want.
0: And New Year's Day is in the club. This in the
1: club. <laughs> my, 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 most of the time, or in the square, you know, uh, doing the countdown until midnight comes, and then you just, you know, open <laughs> your, bicycle you <know>, <laughs> and just have a good time with people, or simply kiss if you have, you know, somebody that's, to kiss, if hug that's your if thing. To have somebody to hug, you know. <laughs> No, the
0: thing. what's coming next for southern Italy we've talked a lot about what the situation's like at the moment in terms of uh, the economy the cultural differences um in terms of quite what's happening now but what's coming next
1: what's coming next please ask a psychic <laughs> I have no idea but I have a dream sounds a bit <laughs> well anyway I have a dream oh. that there's uh a curse uh, that has been you know obviously um, uh, affecting Italy for a very long time and especially the South and that one day a Christmas day magically something happens a fairy from the Highlands <laughs> flies all the way down to Italy and just recites these um, this magic words and everything changes uh, but changes uh, for the best whatever the best is uh, because at the moment i think people have been feeling in limbo um, i don't think it's just so the need to be i think covid and everything has actually been um, exacerbating the situation but um, people have been feeling in limbo for quite some times and i think if we all focus and, Im- and really budget this fairy flying around the entire world <laughs> one fairy two fairies a family of fairies I don't know if you don't like fairies then I could be a wizard or whatever Fun floats your could boat could just be
0: a whole load of Maradona statues yeah
1: why not? <laughs> I know mean, just give him a wand and it'll be fine <laughs> and I really hope that things will change you know dramatically but because it's it's time to change and it's time to change uh, for the best.
0: And lastly, for people who do come and make the visit, Covid restrictions allowing, um, what, is, what is the thing that people need to do when they're in Naples or Sicily or any other part of beautiful southern Italy that's like the experience?
1: Okay, so try to find somebody be that a guide or a person that you know or your best friend that you're going to visit actually show you the, 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 the beauty, the, the, like the real beauty, so not like the touristic track, go off the beaten track, go find, if you're going to Naples, go in the underground, and the underground Naples, go find the Capuzzelle, so this very like spooky um, skulls, Mexico, sort of, like, inspired. No, but it's really true. Um, go find the esoteric, go find that connection between the land, the art, people and just just enjoy it simply enjoy it for being there because there's no guarantee that uh, you know things uh, will change and you know something will you know not be there anymore uh, things will change dramatically so just stay in the moment and try to really explore what's around have loads of pizza if you can. Not just pizza though. Like there's so many good restaurants and. Like, How
0: have we gotten to over fifty minutes in, and now is our first mention of pizza?
1: <laughs> pizza is always the reason. Anyway, <laughs> good food, good people, good vibes. Really explore, um, explore the the, the land uh, because there's so much going on that you if you if you stay in the beaten track and I have to see the Colosseum and I have to see uh, Fontana di Trevi. You you do. <laughs> You don't see the real Rome if you go to Rome, you know. And then if you go to Naples, you know, make sure you you go see uh, the royal palace. It's absolutely beautiful. It was amazing. And go find the trees. There's some, like, incredible trees uh, in the garden. You'd be absolutely shocked. They're amazing.
0: There you go. Well, Ida, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Before we all disappear... You have loads going on, as you kind of mentioned at the beginning. Do you want to take this opportunity to plug the wonderful work that you do in various different guises?
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, right. So, I mean, um, there's so much going on at the moment in my life and all like contracts that might potentially end in December. So, maybe. this. So, is if you're listening that. to this, please hire Eda. <laughs> Um, but yeah um, we're starting again the workshop uh, very soon the workshop the Italian workshop Italian theatre workshops um, we're also trying to expand um, and create two different groups and start to work with children as well so please
0: and the name um, of the organisation is the
1: project is, is called Contrast Fusion Lab you find us on Facebook however uh, there's a website called Moving Dreamers Theatre Company that is the name of my company that you can also look up for community um, um, uh, theatre events and opportunities uh, and yeah just you know uh, if you find me uh, anywhere online you know like me and say hi and we'll connect
0: <laughs> sounds like a plan and there will be links in the description for all of you who are uh, looking to find those nice and easy and now for us welcome back this has been the first episode in a while we've missed you very much and we've been doing a whole load of stuff here on planet island life productions um the main thing to tell you about is that uh, just decided today january 10th will be the uh the date of our second uh, archipelago session which is our informal online networking space for Emerging and Early Career Artist. That's happening online, 6 to 8pm UK time. If you're interested in coming along to that, just email finn at adonlifeproductions.com and you will find it. Uh, similarly, go to the website. You'll find all of the various bits and pieces that you may have missed if this is the first time you're connecting with us since May. We've got some cool new professional services out that you might want to go and see. Uh, we've put together a project called Welcome Back that works with... Uh, dancers and filmmakers in Edinburgh, Leeds, London and Bristol that has created four really beautiful, lovely videos and yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that I'm sure you'll go and you'll find and uh, you'll have a lovely time with. Um, But for now, we all need to go and enjoy our lovely uh, Christmassy holiday food and vibes and experiences. Uh, So from Ida and I, it's a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year and goodbye.
1: Bye.
0: You've been listening to Passport People. The music was by Harry Bongo, and the cover art was by Maya Piris. Learn more about us by visiting our Island Life Productions Facebook page, visiting our Patreon at patreon.com islandlifeproductions, or by visiting our website at islandlifeproductions.com.